Lifestyle changes that you can do now to reduce your anxiety. Welcome to the Our Ketogenic Life podcast, where we bring you the scientific and daily application of living the ketogenic lifestyle. We have helped hundreds reach their weight loss and health goals, but this is far more than that. We want to help you create real life change so that you can live the life God created you for. Now, here are your hosts, Kevin and Danae Davis. Hey guys, welcome to the Our Ketogenic Podcast. Uh, I am flying solo today, uh, so you're stuck with me. But uh, today we are going to talk about anxiety and your lifestyle and how the ketogenic diet can uh, help with those symptoms that you're having. Now, first of all, if you have anxiety and uh, you are taking medications, before you do anything, I really want you to kind of uh, talk to your provider to see about uh, making these changes in your lifestyle before you do these. And especially, we don't want you going off any medication uh, because you think these are going to help. You know, they they will help, but you'll need some help uh, probably tapering off medication and you'll need some medical supervision when you do this. So I encourage you to, first of all, do that before uh, you make any of these changes. But what we're going to talk about today is not just only how you can change your diet uh, to help with anxiety. We're going to talk about different lifestyle issues and different things that are affecting anxiety and how these lifestyle changes can help improve that without medication. You know, with a ketogenic diet, just kind of starting off, um, there is some uh, evidence out there now that is showing that with a ketogenic diet, especially when you have ketones, it can affect the cell-to-cell transmission. And we're going to talk about neurotransmitters in here in just a second. Now, these stu- th- there's no studies out, uh, but there's just some clinical evidence that people on a ketogenic diet seem to improve uh, with their anxiety. And if you kind of harken back to the beginnings of the ketogenic diet back in uh, that, or 100 years ago, they used it for uh, seizure control. And if you know anything about seizures, it's a neurological problem. And anxiety can be uh, neurological as well, too, with your neurotransmitters. So, you know, is there some overlap between the two? We don't know for sure. Uh, There is no um, uh, definitive studies out at this time. But clinically, clinically, we see this a lot. We see a lot of uh, people... Uh, saying that their brain fog has improved. Uh, They're able to think better. They're thinking clearer. So there is, I think, some kind of underlying neurological improvement with the ketogenic diet. How that happens, I can't tell you 100% sure. I think it has to do with the ketone bodies and the way that they affect your uh, brain. And also your gut, and because we're going to talk about where all these neurotransmitters are made and how they work in just a second. So there is some mounting evidence clinically as far as a ketogenic diet improving uh, anxiety. And but we're not just going to focus on the ketogenic diet. We're going to focus on some other things uh, that can improve. And you'll probably think I'm a broken record from the things that we're going to talk about today because it's a lot of the same things that we uh, talk about on a weekly basis. Because what we want to do is uh, kind of target a healthy diet, a healthy lifestyle. And again, that includes our four pillars of health, which is uh, a healing diet, sleep, exercise, and prayer. 
and how these things can affect uh, your anxiety in a positive way by getting control of these and optimizing each of these pillars of health so that you can live the healthiest life that you can right now and feel good with a clear mind, no fogginess, and uh, hopefully you'll be able to uh, increase your health span with this. Now, talking specifically about uh, anxiety, you know, there's uh, 40 million people uh, who have anxiety uh, in the United States right now. You know, it's probably across the world, maybe some more in some countries, less than some, some others. But, you know, approximately one in three people who have anxiety don't even try to get treatment for it. You know, they just suffer with it. Uh, they think it's normal, it's something that they have to deal with. So there's a lot of people out there suffering with anxiety that, uh, you know, they don't have to, uh, you know, with, uh, you know, lifestyle changes or medications. So it, it is a big problem uh, in the United States. And especially with COVID now, it seems like there's probably more anxiety than there was, you know, several years ago, because a lot of people are isolated. And that's one of the things that leads to the anxiety is the uh, isolation. So we know that there's a big problem of anxiety. So how do you know? if you have anxiety well you know it's not like you know there's a measurement you can do at your uh, doctor's office like a blood pressure check or a blood sugar check you know it's something that usually goes along with symptoms sometimes these symptoms creep up sometimes they happen all at once now if you have something like acute anxiety like you start worrying over something that uh, is uh, just happening, you know, that's probably a normal body response to that. But what we're really talking about is people who have chronic anxiety. Uh, they have these kind of symptoms, you know, for a long period of time. They have these symptoms most days, you know, they feel jittery. Uh, they have headaches. Uh, they may have trouble going to sleep, uh, falling asleep, staying asleep, uh, waking up early. They may be trembling. Uh, overall, they feel nervous. They feel tense. You know, their heart rate can go up. So there's a lot of symptoms of people having anxiety. So a lot of people will think it may be something else. Uh, I've had this happen several times where people come to the to the office and uh, they come in with headaches, uh, GI problems, and it ends up being anxiety. So you know, you have to rule out these other medical problems. Uh, make sure that nothing else is going on. But uh, sometimes, and a lot of times, you know, anxiety is a common reason why people come uh, to seek medical care uh, because it's not something that may be obvious to them. Now, uh, you know, if you ask family members, you know, they may think it's obvious because of the symptoms that the uh, patient or client is having. But to that person, it just may be normal and they're worried about other things. So we need to kind of rule those things out. Now, what can have stuff that can trigger anxiety? Now, if you've listened to us before, we've talked a little bit about this in the past. You know, blood sugar problems can uh, cause anxiety. When you have a fluctuating blood sugar and it goes up too high or too low, or if the fluctuations happen uh, rapidly, you know, that can cause anxiety. People sometimes get what we call hangry. You know, they'll get angry and uh, hungry at the same time, you know, and it affects your emotions. It affects how you feel. And if you're eating a lot of complex car or uh, simple carbs, a lot of sugar, and you have these blood sugar fluctuations on a regular basis, you know, it's just playing havoc on your system. You know, you're not really doing yourself any favors by having this kind of lifestyle. So, you know, blood sugar problems can cause uh, problems with uh, anxiety. 
if you have gut issues. Now, sometimes these gut issues are really hard to uncover. Uh, some people will come uh, and it'd be anxiety. Uh, and we end up uh, figuring out it's coming from the gut. Uh, you may have something called leaky gut. Uh, uh, you may have some nonspecific symptoms like uh, bloating. Uh, you may have heartburn. You may have gas. You know, those things aren't normal. If you're having those, your body's trying to tell you something. And you may have some uh, issues with your gut that is causing some of the anxiety. And a lot of people can't, uh, have a hard time connecting these two things because they think, how in the world does gut affect uh, my anxiety? Well, if you have something like leaky gut, and, and basically, that, that's kind of like a generic term. But basically, what we're talking about is you're, you're having some stuff that uh, you're digesting, that you're, that you're eating, that is getting through the intestinal wall that should not get through the intestinal wall. And when it gets into your system, it causes a lot of inflammation. And if you've listened to this before, that inflammation can, cause a lot, can trigger a lot of problems. So, you know, if, if you're having those type of issues, you know, uh, that can cause problems with anxiety by having leaky gut. Now, if you have a gut microbiome that is not absorbing uh, certain vitamins, uh, say like vitamin B6, uh, B6 is so important for the uh, conversion from tryptophan uh, to um serotonin to melatonin and if you have a b6 deficiency you're going to be lacking in that and if you know anything about anxiety you've probably heard about the neurotransmitter serotonin and if you have abnormal serotonin that can cause problems with it because uh you're not getting the, the serotonin production that you should and then the other thing with the serotonin is you know it's made mostly in your gut so if you're having problems with your gut and you don't have a good microbiome meaning the bacteria in your gut, then you're not going to produce this uh, serotonin like you should. So sometimes we found people who have sleeping issues, because remember, uh, melatonin, which helps you sleep, is made from the serotonin, then that can be the problem that you're having. So you can kind of see it gets a little bit complex as we talk about this, because there's so many factors uh, that can affect anxiety because we want to look at our body as a whole you know we're not just taking our nervous system and, and isolating that because you can kind of see you know what you eat how it affects your gut uh, how it affects your blood sugars uh, and that affects your hormones like cortisol and insulin and things like that how it all works together so we want to, to uh, think about developing a healthy uh, diet a healthy lifestyle so that some of these symptoms that we're having uh, can cause or can be alleviated just by simple lifestyle uh, changes now the other thing that is a problem with your uh, with anxiety and some of the things that you're eating is the imbalance of something called glutamate and GABA uh, GABA is a, a neurotransmitter that helps calm you down uh, sometimes we use that for patients to kind of help you uh, calm them down and uh, doing a ketogenic diet can help with that. If you have too much of glutamate, which is the excitatory hormone, uh, that can cause anxiety. So as with anything else, uh, there's a balance that is what we're seeking. We're not seeking, you know, an excessive amount of GABA, which is your uh, calming uh, neurotransmitter and low uh, glutamate what we want is a balance between the two and what we, and and what we do as far as our lifestyle uh, which we're going to talk about here in a second will affect that balance when it'll help uh, it will affect how you feel so 
We've talked a little bit about anxiety. We've talked a little bit uh, about some of the causes uh, for it as far as like your body systems. Uh, But what kind of foods, what kind of things are most notorious for uh, affecting uh, and triggering your anxiety? Now, some of these are very obvious uh, and most of these we've probably talked about. Uh, So it's kind of like a reoccurring theme that you kind of see no matter if we're talking about, you know, uh, blood sugar control, uh, weight loss, anxiety. You know, if you start developing a healthy lifestyle, uh, get rid of some of these foods that we're going to talk about, you know, you're going to feel better because overall your whole body system is getting healthier. And if you're here talking or listening to us about weight loss, you know, the thing that we really want to stress is if you get healthy, the weight loss will happen. So some of these foods we're going to talk about that that are triggering the anxiety, which again, you know, if you're triggering anxiety, you can trigger cortisol and there's a whole cascade effect of insulin and sugar with that. So some of the foods that we need to get rid of, uh, we need to uh, talk about gluten uh, uh, as far as like uh, getting through the gut, causing a lot of inflammation. You know, if we can try to get rid of gluten, you know, you're going to do so much better. And that kind of leads us to the second food is uh, processed foods. Uh, gluten is mostly is is in a lot of processed foods. So we need to kind of get rid of the processed foods and then you'll get rid of the gluten. Now, there's other things that we need to watch for as far as gluten, like grains, uh, quinoa, things like that that has a gluten in it. So we want to kind of watch those. But if we just start off by getting rid of processed foods and eating whole foods that God gave us that were here like 500 years ago, you know, that's a great start to begin with. Uh, the other thing, of course, we need to get rid of sugar. Uh, sugar is a, is a recurring theme around here. We really need to see about getting that out of our diet so that we can uh, get the results that we want to get. The other thing, and this is kind of hard sometimes, uh, it's hard for me, and uh, me and Danae's been talking about this, is, you know, artificial uh, uh, flavorings and sweeteners. You know, uh, with uh, things like diet uh, or Coke Zero, diet Pepsi, things like that. You know, these things don't have the calories or the, or the uh, sugar in them. They're artificial. But they're probably, from studies that we've seen, is they're probably affecting the gut microbiome in a negative way. So even with us, you know, uh, we have to think about those things and try to get those out of our diet as well so that we can get the results that we want to get. The next thing we talked about is, uh, or we're going to talk about is processed oils. You know, we want to go with more uh, avocado oil, coconut oil, real butter, olive oil. Uh, We have to get rid of the processed oils. You know, as more research that we look into this, you know, I think artificial um, or processed uh, vegetable oils and corn oils, they probably do us more harm than sugar does uh, because all of our cells are made of of fat and if we're taking in bad fat then we're going to have bad cell walls and the cell wall is where we need to start doing our healing at if we heal our cells it's going to ultimately heal our organs and heal our body so we have to get rid of the of the uh, processed oils Um, there's there's a lot of things like um, processed foods like uh, meats you know, uh, if we're eating those and we're, uh, you know, we're just looking at the macros and trying to hit the right macros, you know, what kind of macros is the next step? You know, we need to eat more, you know, natural foods like the uh, chicken, uh, salmon, um, you know, ribeye, those type of things. And then lastly, uh, caffeine. 
you know, uh, caffeine is a stimulant. You know, it can affect us in so many ways. So, you know, if, you, if you're anxious, and there's some uh, testing that we're doing now with genetic testing, and we can see if you're a faster or low metabolizer of caffeine. And if you're a slow metabolizer, we really need to get you off the caffeine because it sticks around for too long, and then it can cause some of the issues uh, with the uh, anxiety. So... Those are some of the things that, that kind of can trigger it. So what can we do um, on a daily basis? What can you do right now that you can, you can start the healing process? And the first thing that we need to do is a healing diet. Now, one of our four pillars of health, and you've listened, you've heard this before, is a healing diet. Not necessarily a ketogenic diet. I think that's a great place to start. It helps get the sugar and the processed foods out of your diet. And then later on, we can adjust that as time goes on. But what we need to think about is, uh, with the anxiety, is an anti-inflammatory healing diet. So we need to get rid of the foods that we just talked about, get them out of our system so our bodies can heal themselves. And, and, and instead of using medications, it can help us get rid of uh, the inflammation that causes uh, uh, some of the reactions once we take it into our um, bodies. Now, there's a difference between a food sensitivity and a food allergy. So uh, that's the next thing that we talk about is like sometimes certain foods will trigger anxiety in certain people. You know, some people can get by with eating dairy and cheese. Some people can't. So, but what we want to talk, well, what I want to explain real quick is there's a difference between a food allergy and a food sensitivity. You know, a food allergy is something that you're kind of born with. It's going to happen usually immediately or two hours or less. A food sensitivity, sometimes it's really hard to identify a food sensitivity. And it's even hard for us. Uh, in but what we have to do is we have to figure out what those are. And the best way to do that is an elimination diet to where you go and eat like uh, meat and vegetables. And then you start adding things into your diet and see how you feel. Now, when you do elimination diet, you can't just add food every day. You have to add a food and wait, you know, up to two or three days because sometimes that reaction, the food sensitivity doesn't happen uh, for two to three days. So it's maybe Sunday, uh, you eat something, but your your body doesn't really react to that until Tuesday. So you have, kind of have to write this stuff down to see exactly what it is that's causing problems with you. But if you don't get rid of these food sensitivities, you're going to continue to struggle as far as like getting the uh, inflammation and the resulting anxiety under control because it's going to affect your body. Because anything that affects your body as far as like stress, you know, we want to get rid of that because stress, you know, if you remember a lot of the inflammation is lead, uh, leading to chronic disease. So we want to be able to identify some of the food sensitivities. We, we've looked in some testing for food sensitivities. You know, I, I'm not 100% sure that they're, they're 100% accurate. And it's really hard to tell sometimes because, again, um, it, it, it's not uh, it's not a hundred percent test. So if you tell somebody they're sensitive to shrimp or whatever it may be, and they eliminate that out of their diet, you know, may not it may not be that uh, specific food that's causing the problem, and they will, you know it's just something that they can't eat the rest of their life because they feel, they feel like they're sensitive to it. So the best way is just to do the elimination diet to kind of see what's going on. So you know. Uh, we want to, you know, do an anti-inflammatory diet. We want to see what kind of foods are causing uh, food sensitivities to your specific person. You know, the other thing we talk about, and it's one of our pillars of health, is sleep. You know, if you're not getting sleep, your body's not repairing itself. 
And sleep is so important. You know, the more that we look into sleep, uh, you know, the difference between getting up early to work out versus uh, sleeping in an extra hour is probably better for your body to sleep to make sure you're getting enough rest because that's when everything is repairing. Uh, you know, your testosterone is being um, uh, made, uh, your body's healing itself. So uh, we want to be able to maximize the sleep so that we can get the results that we want to get. Uh, the other thing is we need to improve our gut health. We talked about your microbiome. We talked about the leaky gut. We talked about, you know, serotonin being made in your gut. So if you're having symptoms of gut issues and you have anxiety, you know, they may be linked. So if you're having uh, gas, uh, if you're having diarrhea or if you're having constipation, if you're having bloating, and, you know, that goes back to our food sensitivities, you know, you have to look and see what kind of foods that you're eating. So if you're having these symptoms, you know, that may be the reason why uh, you're having more anxiety. Uh, and you may have some anxiety for other reasons, but this may compound it and make it worse. So we want to we want to make sure that we have a good gut, good gut microbiome. And uh, sometimes you need testing with that. Uh, we do some specialized uh, online testing for your gut microbiome that tells us, you know, if it's inflammatory, do you have any kind of bugs like parasites or any kind of bacteria? Uh, is there inflammation in your gut? And there's some certain specific things that we can do for you, uh, depending on what the problem is. But again, most of the things that we find as far as like uh, chronic problems, th there's so many times it leads back to your gut. So we, we need to think about your gut when we're talking about your, you know, fixing your anxiety. And, and again, that may be foreign to you having that idea, uh, but I've seen it over and over and over again. And finally, uh, our last thing that we can do as far as uh, anxiety is movement. Now, uh, a simple walk may be good for you, you know, especially if you're not, uh, if you haven't been exercising. But, you know, if you have been exercising, you know, maybe we need to change it up. Uh, you know, maybe you need to do some weight training. Maybe you need to do some uh, endurance training. Maybe you need to li uh, be lifting heavier. Now, one of the neat things that we're doing now is we're adding genetic testing to our online clients and the genetic testing uh, i got mine back the other day it was really neat it's pretty cool uh it's it tell it told me i need to concentrate more on lifting heavier and it actually my genetics show that my recovery time is really quick meaning that i don't have to take off to uh, one or two days in between workouts now i need to take off some days but i don't have to take off one to two days in between workouts because my body from the genes uh, it recovers well and it recovers quickly. So it's just interesting that, you know, we can pinpoint uh, not only with your diet, uh, we can make these changes, certain supplements, you know, get you sleeping and things like that and, and exercising. And of course, we, we really recommend prayer, uh, but we can take it one step further with genetic testing and uh, pinpoint a more detailed uh, treatment plan for you depending on what your specific needs are uh, you know we are always learning here and it's always amazing the stuff that we're learning and uh, you know I don't think that I'll ever quit learning and uh, you know the things that we learn here hopefully we're going to be able to help you uh, because the the things that we learn we want to pass on to you so that you can live the optimal health that that, that is possible for you so hopefully that's helped uh, with uh, some of the questions about anxiety. You know, uh, we have anxiety. Uh, sometimes, you know, people say, well, don't be anxious. Well, we know that's not going to happen. Uh, it's, that's easier said than done. 
But with the things that we talked about, you do have some control over this. You do have some control over your choices in your lifestyle uh, that can help um, alleviate some of the symptoms of anxiety. So I just encourage you, you know, if you don't want to do everything we talked about, you know, if you don't want to change to a ketogenic uh, anti-inflammatory diet, if you don't want to exercise, if you're not worried about the sleep, you say, I need to uh, wake up early, at least start one thing. You know, start one thing and try to start working on that. Uh, improve that. See if it helps with your anxiety, and then move on to the next one. You know, some people it's hard to do everything at one time. So just you know, start making these little changes, and you know, within three to six months, I think you're going to feel a whole lot better uh, just by making these lifestyle changes. And then again, make sure that you talk to your provider before you start uh, changing or trying to go off any medications. Real important that you have somebody who knows what they're talking about to help uh, you through that process. And, you know, uh, you can talk to them uh, about some of the things we talked about so that you can kind of be on the same page so they know where you're at and what you're trying to do. So we're going to move on to our catechisms. Uh, Today we're going to do the number 13. And it is, can God do all things? And, of course, the answer is yes. Uh, God can do all things. Um, God can do all his uh, holy will. And, and there's nothing that God cannot do. Uh, there's some things he chooses maybe not to do and that we wish he would. Uh, but he's in control. He knows what's best for us. And, you know, with going through life, you know, sometimes, um, you know, if we're not in Scripture, if we're not in prayer, uh, sometimes we think that there's no hope. You know, we talked about anxiety today. And some of you may be thinking that there's no hope for my anxiety, that there's nothing that can be done. But, you know, this is this is something that may be encouraging to you that, you know, God can do all things. He can he can change hearts. He can change minds. So no matter what you're going through and no matter what the source of your stress is, God can make changes. Now, he may not choose to just like Paul with a thorn. He didn't uh, choose to remove his thorn. And for whatever reason, we just have to trust that his will is, is perfect and that his plan is perfect. And, and we have to. Uh, keep petitioning and keep praying and uh, let God lead us to where we want to go or where, where he wants us to go and let us follow his pathway. So hopefully that's helped you guys. Uh, hopefully uh, we've given you some nuggets to get you started. If you need help, reach out to us. Uh, if you're uh, local here, we'd love to see you in the clinic and see if there's some things we can do. If not, reach out. If you're not here local, reach out to us online and we'll see what we can do to help you guys. Uh, today, hopefully, we'll be back next week. And remember, be fit and be faithful. This podcast is for informational purposes only. No patient provider relationship is implied or established. This podcast in no way represents the practice of medicine. The information given is to be used at the listener's own risk. Please consult your provider before making any changes, as the contents of this podcast is no substitution for your provider's instruction.